Welcome to the Erie First Podcast, the weekly message series featuring Pastor Nicole Schreiber. We're so glad you're listening with us today. So let me ask you, have you ever felt judged? Well, if you haven't, then clearly you've never talked politics or posted anything on social media before. At times, it feels like the only thing that happens in our society today is judgment. We feel it from people online, from people at work, our family, and we most definitely feel it from inside the church. Today, Pastor Nicole is starting a new series called Judge Not. We are going to deep dive into this topic of judgment, what God's standards really are, and what happens when we become the ones who decide who is and isn't good enough. We think this is going to be a great topic to discuss in this present moment in our culture. So let's get started today. Here's Pastor Nicole. So how many of you are tackling those house projects that you've always wanted to do uh, during this COVID stay-at-home season? How many of you have a list, maybe for your significant other, that you want them to accomplish during your stay-at-home season? Uh, All of a sudden, the honey-do lists have gotten a little bit longer, I think, all across the nation. Well, it's no different at the Schreiber House. And one of the projects that I wanted to work on was stripping a room of old wallpaper and repainting it a fresh new color. I think the name of the color was like Mediterranean Breeze or something incredible like that. And so we got to work removing the wallpaper. It was stubborn. It was difficult to get off. We had to use scrapers and sprays and all of these things to get it off. And then we had to deal with the paste and we had to clear that off and prep it just so that we could paint. And so as we prepared the surface, uh, finally, Finally, after several days, we were actually able to repaint it the new color that I wanted. And when it was all said and done, to be honest, preparing the surface, stripping off the old, took more than 70% of the whole project. And repainting, putting on the new look, was only about 30% of the hours that we spent doing it. And what I learned from that is this, that sometimes undoing an old thing unlearning an old habit, uh, stripping off an old layer actually takes more time, more work, more effort than applying something new. And so we're starting a new series today that I'm really excited about, and it's called Judge Not. And the passage of scripture that we're going to talk about for the next few weeks comes from the longest continuous discord that we, discourse that we even see in the scripture that Jesus is speaking. And we find it in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And it's called the Sermon on the Mount. It includes some of the best known teachings of Jesus. It includes the Beatitudes, the widely known and recited the Lord's Prayer, and several other very uh, popular things that we know that Jesus said. And this sermon holds some of the most central tenets to our faith. And what's happening is in this particular point in in Jesus's life, great crowds are now following Jesus around. They realize he's a pretty special guy, that there's something very unique and significant about him. And so crowds are just following him around the countryside. And so he decides to take uh, the opportunity that he has, and he goes up on a mountain, and he begins to preach. And he addresses this really critical error that the people were not seeing. So he knows that the people were thinking this certain way. And he says, okay, look, I'm going to preach a sermon that just clears up this error of thinking, this error of attitude and behavior that the people were having. And the error was this. What was intended to be a relationship with God had become a religion. 
what was intended to be a loving exchange between God and humanity had been boxed in and boiled down to a set of rules to follow. And the premise of Jesus' whole Sermon on the Mount is this, that he didn't come to earth to just give us information. He came so we could experience transformation. He didn't come to earth just to give us information. He came so that we could experience transformation. And so Jesus goes on to teach about the most important thing is to love God and love other people. It's not about how much you know about him. It's not about how much information you can regurgitate or how many rules that you can follow. It's about how different you are after you've met him. It's about the transformation of your life year after year after year when you're pursuing a relationship with him. And not just a transformation when you first meet Jesus, but a transformation that takes place when you have a real, living, active relationship with Jesus. In fact, if you are a follower of Christ and you're listening today, part of your everyday language should be, I used to be like that, but now I am like this. Part of your your every year language, part of the way that you can look back on your life is I used to be like that, but now I am like this. I, I used to, I remember when I got angry all the time, but now my words are gentle and steady. I remember when I worried constantly, but now I pray and I have peace. I remember when I used to think critically about others, but now I can look for the best in them. In fact, if you can't create a statement like, I used to be like that, but now I'm like this, then when what God intended as a relationship with you may have inadvertently slipped into religion. And so we have to be really cautious that we don't become like the people that were sitting on the hill that Jesus was delivering this incredible sermon to. So in the same way that as my house project I just described as I started my my sermon today, the hardest part, what takes up the most amount of time, is the unlearning. I really believe it's the undoing, it's the stripping away of the layer. It's unlearning religion, undoing the habit, or stripping away the old layer, the old thing, the wrong patterns of thought. In fact, that's 70% of your job as a Christ follower or more. The repainting or the relearning how to love is actually often the easier part. The goal is transformation. Sometimes we need to unlearn before we relearn. And that's what the Sermon on the Mount is all about. It's about unlearning religion so that you can experience a very true living and active relationship with God. So I want us to look at an excerpt from Jesus' sermon from Matthew 7. Now, for reference, this is like pulling a two-minute clip out of a sermon and putting it on your Instagram, okay? These six verses that we're going to talk about today uh, for the next, actually today and for the next several weeks, uh, talk about, it's it's just a little part of what Jesus is saying. And so we're going to have to refer to Jesus' sermon before this part and Jesus' sermon after this part for us to understand the context. But These three weeks, we're going to talk about Matthew 7, verses 1 through 6. So listen carefully, and I'm hoping that actually some of this text brings a few questions to you. Maybe it piques your interest of what this all actually means. So I'm going to read to you from Matthew 7, verses 1 through 6. Do not judge, or you too will be judged. For in the same way you judge others, you will be judged. And with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? 
How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye when all the time there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Do not give dogs what is sacred. Do not throw your pearls to pigs. If you do, they may trample them under their feet and turn and tear you to pieces. So today particularly, I want to talk about that first verse about judging. So how many of you have ever felt judged in your life? Just raise your hand. Me too, and I don't really care for it, <laughs> and you probably don't either. And even though, uh, though that maybe people that don't even know much about the Christian faith, they know this command. In fact, much of the world uses this phrase often, don't judge me, <laughs> right? Something happens in your life, it happens out, out for everyone to see, and we say, don't judge me, don't judge me. Uh, it's cheat day, I'm going to have two donuts, don't judge me. Uh, I still watch High School Musical with my kids, and I like it. Don't judge me. Or I once wore my pajamas to Walmart like everyone else in the store. Don't judge me. It was late. You know, we have these, these sort of uh, things that we say. And then we say, don't, don't judge me. In verse 1 through 2, Jesus says, do not judge or you too will be judged. Now, when I read this scripture... I get an image in my mind of a high jump bar and actually brought one uh, to show you today. And, and the high jump is actually a sport. It's a, it's a track and field sport. And what happens is that the, the competitors jump over a horizontal bar at a measured height. And the idea is that they would not dislodge it. And so uh, track and field um, participants run down a, a aisle away, if you will, and they jump up and they try to clear the bar and the bar is sitting here. And so if they hit it, if they dislodge it, it's going to fall off. And the way that they win, the way that they, uh, you know, get the height is that they can jump and clear that bar and that it does not fall off. So let me connect together for you the idea of a high jump bar and judging people. The reason why the people that were listening to the sermon that Jesus was preaching were entangled in religion instead of relationship is because there was this group of spiritual leaders at the time called the Pharisees. Now, the Pharisees, they were influential. They were, they were known legal experts. They knew uh, God's law inside and out. They were extremely knowledgeable about tradition and, and Jewish law. And in fact, in the scripture, we see they often challenged and scrutinized Jesus and his followers because they knew the law so well that they would call them out on different occasions, testing them about the law. And the antagonism toward Jesus from the Pharisees mostly was centered around the fact that Jesus ignored hundreds of petty and elaborate rules that the Pharisees had added to the law of God. So the Pharisees came up with these man-made rules, and then they would elevate them at the level of Scripture. Okay, so let me just give you one example. Uh, the Pharisees came up with 39 categories of rules, categories, not just 39 rules, 39 categories of rules, which represented hundreds of rules, just for the Sabbath. So in Matthew 12, uh, you'll read that Jesus and his disciples are, are walking through a, a grain field and they're plucking off the, the heads of the grain and they're eating the grain as they're walking through. 
and it's the Sabbath. And according to the Pharisees' oral rules, uh, plucking heads of grain and eating them, that was work. So that was a violation of the Sabbath. And so the Pharisees are quick to point out to Jesus and his disciples, hey, what you're doing is unlawful. You just eating that grain and picking it, that's unlawful. And almost immediately after that, on that same day, just a few hours later, uh, Jesus entered their synagogue and there was a man in the synagogue with a withered hand. And the Pharisees were eager to accuse Jesus of breaking the Sabbath. And they asked him, uh, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? And Jesus, uh, before healing the man, he answers their question by asking, which of you... If your sheep fell into a pit on the Sabbath, would just leave him there and not lift him out? And the Pharisees were, were stunned at that question. And, and Jesus says, how much more valuable is a fellow human being who is suffering than a sheep? And so Jesus is always challenging the Pharisees on these man-made rules that they're making up, trying to catch people and trying to judge people and saying that their relationship with God is off. You see, the Pharisees were always moving the bar. They were making man-made rules so that pleasing God was just out of reach all of the time. I think of it like this. Just when you thought that if you were living in that time, just when you thought that maybe you had hit the expectations that the Pharisees said that this is how you follow God, they would say, oh, no, actually, you have to do it this way. It's bigger than that. Or just when you think, oh, okay, I figured out how, what pleasing God means, or I figured out that, that this is how to worship. They said, oh, no, no, oh, we got to move the bar again. Actually, you missed it all together. Uh, the bar's down here now. And over and over, the Pharisees would just move the bar. They would think, people would think that they were pleasing God or they were having relationship with God, but the Pharisees would move the bar and they would make up man-made rules that would keep people far from God. Just when you thought you had it almost right, just when you were trying your hardest, the Pharisees would move the bar again over and over and over. Now, here's what we need to be careful that we don't become modern-day Pharisees. We should never add man-made rules to God's righteous law. In fact, if we do have cultural convictions, things that we feel like should be done in church or should be done when you're serving God, we have to be careful never to elevate those cultural convictions to the same authority as Scripture. Because that is where judgmentalism is born. That is where a critical spirit grows. It's in these places where we have moved the bar because of our own expectations or our own perspectives. And we've decided whether people around us are succeeding or failing in their faith. And when we start making rules, we become rule and religion driven and not driven by the love of God. And you see, Jesus, he is always uh, going against the Pharisees and saying, look, you are constantly moving the bar. No one will ever be able to live up to that. And then you have a critical spirit about people that aren't actually following all the rules. He is always correcting and redirecting the Pharisees. Because as they moved the bar up and down and all over the place, 
the Pharisees were actually lowering God's standard of love. They may have been following the rules, but they were completely missing the point because they were not loving God and they were not loving others. So when it comes to judging others, we have to remember that we are not in charge of making the rules and that any type of man-made rule or cultural conviction, we cannot weigh as heavy as the authority of scripture because that is what happened to the Pharisees and they created a group of people that they communicated to that they had to jump through all these hoops to be part or to be loved by God. Now, there's another error that we can make with the standard or with the bar. And and in our world today, sometimes we add man-made rules, but sometimes we do something equally dangerous. And that's this. Sometimes we simply remove the bar. We say, okay, you know what? Actually, there isn't any standard at all. Let's just take it away. We get the bar out of the way. Many of the messages that we hear from the culture today is, look, there is no bar. Like, there is no standard. You do what you want, when you want, how you want. And no one should be able to tell you what to do. You are the author of your own life. And then, as Christians, if we push back and say, oh, no, there, there is a standard. Like, there is a, there are rule, there, there's a standard in the authority of God, in the word of God. People say, well, then you don't love and accept me. And we confuse love and acceptance with having no standard at all. Now, this type of thinking, removing the bar, saying that there is just absolutely no standard and that love and acceptance means having no standard at all, this type of thinking quite literally destroys our soul. And honestly, not just our soul, But when you have no standard and you live haphazardly and carelessly, it affects your physical body, it affects your relationships, it affects your finances, it ultimately affects the direction of your life. The scripture says in 1 John, without a bar, without fellowship with Jesus, our life is completely robbed of joy. In Philippians, it reminds us that Without a relationship with Jesus, without a, without a standard of, of holiness, we are completely without peace. In fact, taking away the bar desensitizes us to sin. Our hearts don't even feel the weight of what our sin did on the cross to Jesus. And so the Pharisees move the bar, and that's not how we need to deal with, that that, that brings religion. The world takes away the bar, and those are two things that, that are in error. But what Jesus is saying to the people, what he's preaching on the mountain is, listen, the Pharisees move the bar, the world takes away the bar, but Jesus, he lifts us over the bar. Jesus lifts us over the bar. Peter, the apostle, actually describes the standard at which we are called to live if we are Christ followers. Now, get this. He is writing to believers that are scattered all over, and his message calls them to live a life of holiness in an anti-Christian culture that's steeped in immorality and perversion. Does that sound familiar? 
Because I think that's a lot like our world that we live in today. Paul writes in 1 Peter 1, 14 through 16, he is telling them and he's telling us, listen, this is the standard. Okay, this is the bar. This is the standard that Christ calls us to. It says, as obedient children... Do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance, but just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. The standard for a Christ follower is to be perfect. The scripture says, be holy, be perfect. That God is perfect, so we need to be perfect. You know, in fact, the bar, the standard is set so high for perfection and for holiness. And you might say to me, well, Pastor Nicole, how do we ever reach that? And that is a great question. You know why? We can't. We can't. We will never reach the standard that is set for a holy God. We will never, ever reach. I could never jump over this height of a, of a high jump if even if I tried my whole life long and not knock it over. We can never reach the standard that, that Christ has called us to. And you might ask the question, well, well, does he not want us in heaven with him? Does he not love us? Obviously, this is impossible. So what's the deal with setting the bar so high that no one could ever reach it, that no one could ever win? I'm so glad you asked that question because here's the answer to that question. And it's found in a very familiar verse that you've probably heard before. And it's John 3:16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So here's the message of the gospel. Yes, the bar is way too high. We will never, ever reach it on our own. The standard is untouchable. But that is exactly why God sent his son Jesus to redeem us. And when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, he lifts us over the bar. He, he gives us a boost. He lifts us over the bar so that we actually are able to reach that standard of holiness. We can't do it without him. We can't enter into a relationship with the holy God without him because we will never be able to get over the bar all by ourselves. And John 3.16 shows us that the almighty authority gave us the greatest gift of divine deliverance. God's love is limitless. And the best that God had to give, he gave. And that was his only son, Jesus. And so let's just get back to Matthew 7, verse 1 for a minute. Do not judge or you too will be judged. So this is what that verse is saying. Is that the role of the church, the role of the Christ follower is not to stand at the high jump and move the bar for people. Our role isn't to say, oh, okay, um, you're doing really good with this part of your life, but you still have a drinking problem. Okay, that's, uh, that's okay. We'll just uh, do this. You can get over it. Can you get over this? Okay, so, so you want to give up that part of your life, but you don't want to give up this part of your life. We'll just, we'll just make the standard right here, and that'll get you in. The role is not to move it all around. The, the role of a Christ follower is not to uh, justify sin. It's not to create a bar that, that changes change the standard all the time and make someone frustrated. The role of the church is not to take the bar away and accept everyone and everything. The role of the church is not to say, okay, we have to love and accept everyone, so I guess we'll just take this down. I guess it, nothing matters because we have to accept everyone. That is not, not at all what the scripture is saying, do not judge me, does not mean that. 
the role of the church, the role of the Christ follower is to say over and over, I can't make it over the height of God's holiness. I'll never make it. But Jesus lifts me over the bar and he can do it for you too. If I ever do anything right, if I ever do anything perfect or anything holy, it's because Jesus lifted me over the bar. And as the church, we're not here to judge others on how well they're clearing the bar. We are here to introduce them to the only hope they have of ever clearing the bar. We're here to introduce them to the only hope they ever have of beating the standard, and that is introducing them to the person of Jesus Christ. We exist to introduce people to Jesus because then Jesus lifts them over the bar. You know, in the same sermon, specifically in the Beatitudes, Jesus says this, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And you may have asked yourself, what does that mean? What does poor in spirit mean? And this is what, is it, what it means. It means, blessed are those who know they'll never make it over the bar unless Jesus helps them. Blessed are those that know they are spiritually bankrupt without Jesus. Blessed are those that remember they needed a rescue. And the only reason they have hope is because Jesus showed up to do that. We need to unlearn religion. We need to unlearn these ideas of that we can make it on our own. We can, have a, we, we can be spiritually strong on our own. We have to learn how to unlearn religion and relearn how to love other people. You know, today, maybe you've been drifting toward a critical view of some of your relationships. Maybe you are moving the bar. Maybe even when someone makes progress, all you ever see is how much further they have to go. Or maybe someone says they're sorry and you just can't even receive it because you have now moved the bar to say, well, you need to do this to make it right with me. You need to do this. Maybe you're hard on other people. You're, you're hard on your kids or your spouse or your coworkers. Or maybe you're critical of yourself and you keep trying to meet these self-made expectations. Maybe in your own life, you just keep moving the bar for yourself. Once you get somewhere, you think, well, that's not good enough and that's not good enough. And the bar of expectation in your life just keeps moving and moving. I wonder if some of us are tempted to just remove the bar when things get hard. Instead of asking for God's help, we justify our own actions. We, we turn the other way. We decide we can give Christ parts of our life, but, but not fully surrender other parts of our life. You know, it will take some work. But I want to challenge you to unlearn those thought patterns, to unlearn those habits, unlearn those errors, and relearn how to love God and love each other. And this is what Jesus was advocating. This is, this is Jesus' whole message on the Sermon on the Mount. This is what he was preaching, the best sermon of all time. He was saying, look, exchange your critical spirit to be poor in spirit. Ask God to exchange your critical spirit for a humble, poor of spirit. In fact, if you're here today and you feel like uh, you will never make it to God's standard, maybe, maybe you're convinced that you have messed up so much, you will never be able to have a relationship 
with God. You'll never live up. I just want to take a moment right now today. I want to invite you to decide to let Jesus Christ into your heart and life. I want you to unlearn the fact that you'll, you'll never be able, you'll never live up. And I want you to learn the fact that that's true, that you'll never reach that standard of holiness, but Jesus Christ already did, and he lifts you over the bar. And all you have to do is repent of your sin, tell Jesus the things you have done that haven't met his holiness standard, and then ask Jesus to come in and be Lord of your life. In fact, I just want to lead you in a prayer today. Uh, whether you're watching from home or you're here with us today, you can pray a prayer like this. Jesus, please forgive me for the ways I have failed you. Forgive me for the ways that I have not met your standard of holiness. I want you in my heart and my life. Thank you for lifting me over the bar and help me know you in a very personal way. And it's in your name I pray, amen. Praise God for lifting us over the bar. He is so good to us. And I pray we would never forget his overwhelming goodness. I, I want to end today and read an excerpt of you from, to you from John Piper. And it says this, uh, Blessed are the poor in spirit who mourn. Blessed are the people who feel keenly their inadequacies and their guilt and their failures and their helplessness and their unworthiness and their emptiness. Who don't try to hide these things under a cloak of self-sufficiency, but who are honest about them and grieved and driven to the grace of God. I really look forward to the next few Sundays as we continue unpacking Matthew 7, 1 through 6 together. Don't miss it. Invite someone to come with you. I love my church. It's my privilege to be your pastor. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to the Erie Force Podcast. If you like this podcast, please give us a rating and a review at Apple Podcasts and share it with your friends. You can find all our series videos and podcasts at eeriefirst.org, along with all our latest news, announcements, and information. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time.